I want you to go in your Bible to Matthew chapter 5 and verse 37, and then Matthew chapter 21 and verse 28. And tonight, while you do that, I want to mention that um, it is Lisette Cantu's third birthday. We want to say happy birthday to her, and uh, praise God for that. Just got dedicated a few weeks ago, and what a blessing. Children are a blessing. And we have all the children in here tonight, so we're going to try to keep everybody happy. All right. Praise the Lord. Has God been good to you? No doubt. 2017 was a good year? Amen. Matthew chapter 5, beginning at verse 37, and then we're going to go to Matthew 21 in verse 28. And I want to begin tonight a, a new sermon series entitled The Power of Yes. How many of you like yes? There's a lot of power in that little word. Voy a comenzar esta noche hablando sobre el tema el poder del sí. ¿Cuántos les gusta oír sí? Yes is the word that we want to hear, especially from God, isn't it? Matthew chapter 5, verse 37, it says, But let your yes be yes, and your no be no. Anything beyond this is evil. Dice el pasaje ahí, que tu sí sea sí y tu no no. Y luego Mateo capítulo 21, verso 28, then Matthew 21, and verse 28. It said, Jesus speaking here, but what do you think? A man had two sons, and he came to the first and said, son, go work today in the vineyard. And he answered, I will not. But afterward, he regretted it and went the man came to the second son and said the same thing. And he answered, I will, sir. But he did not go. Which of the two sons will do his father's will? They said to the first, and Jesus said to them, Truly I say to you that the tax collectors and prostitutes will get into the kingdom of God before you. For John came to you in the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him. But the tax collectors and prostitutes did believe him. And you, seeing this, did not even feel remorse afterward so as to believe him. Let's pray. Father, we thank you tonight for the manifest presence of the Holy Spirit. We thank you as well for the opportunity that we have to be in the house of God on this last day of the year 2017. We want to be here because we want to receive this new year in your presence and in your house. And we have made up our mind that there is no place we'd rather be tonight than right here in your house, here in your word. And so, Lord, I pray that you would honor the heart of your people. Speak to them. Speak to us. And I ask that you would infuse our life with power and potential for this coming year. We ask this in Jesus' name 
and the church said amen. Amen. You may be seated tonight. The power of yes. Everybody say yes. You see how good that feels? If you go and apply for a new car loan and they say yes, you like that feeling, don't you? If you go and apply for a mortgage on a new house and they say yes, that's a good word. A todos creo que nos gusta oír la palabra sí. Y hay un gran poder en la palabra sí. Uh, y vamos a estar hablando sobre esto, pero esta noche quiero hablar un poco solamente dando la introducción a este tema. Porque Jesús no da una instrucción. Jesus gives us an instruction right here. In Matthew chapter 5, it's a simple instruction. He says, let your yes be yes, and let your no be no. Jesús no da la instrucción que tu sí sea sí y tu no, no. And that really is a teaching, and it's a principle that Jesus is communicating to the body of Christ. He's communicating it to the church. And he's letting us know that it is a Christian ethic to do what we say we will do. Es parte de la ética cristiana que Dios está revelando aquí, la ética de la iglesia que Jesús nos enseña aquí, es que el cristiano debe hacer lo que dice. Y cuando uno hace lo que dice que va a hacer, when a man or woman does what they say they're going to do, they honor God. Cuando el hombre hace lo que dice que va a hacer, honra a Dios. And so God is uh, requiring of us that we live by this ethic. Dios requiere de nosotros que vivamos sobre esta ética, mi sí es sí y mi no, no. How many of you have ever met indecisive people? ¿Cuántos les han, han, han conocido personas indecisas? Maybe you're an undecisive person. Are there any honest people in here who would say, I'm an undecisive person? Quizá usted es una persona indecisiva. No sabe si decir sí o no. Your husband is driving off the church parking lot on Sunday after uh, uh, worship, and, and you're going to lunch somewhere, but you don't know where. And he says, where do you guys want to eat lunch? And everybody says, I don't know. And then he says, let's go Chinese. And everybody says, oh, no, not Chinese. I thought you didn't know. Well, let's do Italian. Ah, oh, we did Italian last night. Well, let's go to Shorty's. Shorty's is closed. There are a lot of times in life when indecision can um, cause us to miss out on the things that would be beneficial to our life. A veces la indecisión causa que perdamos poder obtener una cosa que Dios quiere para nuestra vida. Uh, y es peor creo que ser indeciso, no ser persona de palabra. Even more than being undecisive, it's worse to be a person who does not keep their word. So this might be a good New Year's resolution for somebody tonight to say, I am going to do what I say. Quizá esta sea una buena resolución para alguien esta noche decir, yo voy a decir, voy a hacer las cosas que yo, voy a hacer lo que yo digo. 
También la palabra sí y la palabra no son unas palabras que abren puertas o cierran puertas. The word yes and the word no are words that open doors and close doors. When you say yes to something, you're saying no to a whole lot of other things, aren't you? That's why yes is so powerful. El sí es poderoso porque cuando usted le dice que sí a algo, usted le dice que no a muchas otras cosas. Por ejemplo, si usted decide ir a comer comida mexicana, ya le dijo que no a la comida a la comida japonesa, la comida china, la comida italiana, la comida americana, usted decidió y ya con decir sí, le dijo que no a muchas otras cosas. The day that you say, uh, we're going to go eat Mexican food, you have already immediately said yes to Mexican food. You have said yes to the taqueria, but you're also saying no to the Italian place and the, uh, the country cooking place and to all of the other options because yes closes doors to other things. El sí... Es poderoso porque cierra puerta. That is why yes is so powerful. Because it comes with the power to close a lot of other doors. And so just like when a man or woman, uh, a, a woman in particular, says yes to a man and says, yes, I will marry you. What she is doing is she is closing the door to all the other options. You see how powerful yes is? Cuando una señorita le dice que sí a un señorito, no, a un joven, a una, a una, um, ¿cómo se dice? Soltero, ella le dice que sí a él, le está diciendo que no a todos los demás. You say, Pastor, I didn't know that. Yeah, that's how it is. That's how it is. In the Bible, if you say yes to Julio, you said no to Juan. And Pedro. And Pepe. Right? If you say yes to, to this guy, you're saying no to everybody else. Amen, somebody. Si usted le dice que sí, uh, in fact, in the marriage vows, it says that you are forsaking. How many of you remember your vows? Ah, somebody remember. Forsaking all others. Keeping myself only for you. En los... Uh, en los um, los, los dichos de la ceremonia matrimonial en el pacto matrimonial se dice rechazando a todos los demás diciendo sí a ti ahora ahí vemos el poder de la palabra sí so there we see the importance and the power of the word yes don't give your yes to just anybody No le des su sí a cualquier persona. Now, you know what I have discovered? I have discovered that uh, a lot of times we've become so negligent about this ethical principle that when we say yes, we really mean maybe. And when we say maybe, we really mean no. How many of you do that? This is not an altar call. I'm just asking you to be honest. ¿Cuántos usan la palabra sí? Para decir a la mejor y la palabra a la mejor para decir no. Somebody says, will you come to my birthday party? 
You have no intention of coming to that party. You don't even know when it is. You say, maybe. That's a lie, right? Si alguien le dice, quiere venir usted a mi fiesta de, de cumpleaños, y usted dice, a lo mejor, pero en su mente ya sabe, mm -mm. yo no voy. Y, y si a lo mejor, entonces dice, sí, ahí voy a estar. Y cuando alguien dice, sí, ahí voy a estar, yo pienso, y Dios piensa que ahí van a estar. Pero muchos de nuestra cultura, cuando dicen sí, están diciendo now in my book when you say yes you mean yes and in God's book is that way too but a lot of people in our culture they say yes and they really mean maybe they really mean if I have the time if it works out and you know it was interesting to me when I was uh, first came to pastor here at Kingsway Church about almost six years ago now that we would set a, a date for something we would say we're gonna have a meeting on this date and then I would get calls that week and people would say, Pastor, are we still having the meeting? Well, why wouldn't we? We all said yes. We all said we're going to be there. But why is it that our culture has taught us to use yes as a soft word? What I want you to decide tonight is that your yes is going to be yes. The affirmative, why? Because this is not only an ethical instruction, but it is the key to all the things that God wants to bring into your life in the next year. La llave que Dios tiene para ti en el año 2018 es saber decirle que sí a las cosas de vidas y no a las cosas que no son de vida. The key for being able, being able to obtain all the blessing that God has in 2018 is knowing what to say yes to and what to say no to. So say with me, let your yes be yes. That was so weak. I know it's late at night, all right, but I'm going to give you another chance. Say, let your yes be yes and your no, no. There's a lot of power in that. Who has the power to say yes? You do. ¿Quién tiene el poder para decir sí? Usted. You know, God will not come into your heart unless you say yes. Think about that. That's how much God honors your yes. Dios aún honra el sí de tal manera que Él no entra a un corazón, a una vida, hasta que usted diga sí. When you say no to God, God honors your no. And when you say yes to God, he comes in. He manifests his, play, his presence and his power in your life. Now here we have before us a very important parable for us tonight. Aquí tenemos delante nosotros una parábola de nuestro Señor Jesucristo. He said there was a man who had a vineyard. Había un hombre que tenía un vineyard. Now instantly I want you to remember that this morning we talked about a vineyard. How many of you remember this morning? You say, Pastor, that was almost last year when you said that. ¿Cuántos se acuerdan que esta mañana hablamos de un vineyard? Every time you hear about a man in his vineyard, you're hearing about God and his people. 
Cuando usted oye en la Biblia de Dios o de un, el hombre y su viñar, está oyendo usted de Dios y su pueblo. So say this with me. I am part of the vineyard. Usted es parte de la viña. Now in this story, the Bible said that this man had two sons. Dice la escritura que este hombre tenía dos hijos. And this lets us know there's, two, there's another parable in the Bible where a man had two sons. That's the parable of the prodigal. Different story, but it gives us the same principle. God the Father has two kinds of sons or two kinds of children. Dios el Padre tiene dos clases de hijos. And tonight you have to decide which one you are. Esta noche tiene usted que decidir cuál de los dos hijos soy yo. The first uh, a son is that willing son, and the other is an unwilling son. We're going to look at that in just a moment. But I want you to just stop right there and thank God for the privilege of being a son of God. Yo quiero que usted se detenga ahí conmigo y le dé gracias a Dios por el privilegio de ser llamado hijo. There are some parables where God refers to us as servants, and that's a good thing. Hay parábolas donde Dios se refiere a nosotros como siervo, y yo amo el ser siervo de Dios. I love being a servant of God. But there is a place higher than servanthood. Hay un lugar más grande que el ser siervo. There is a place of being a son of God. Hay un lugar más allá que ser siervo y ese lugar de ser llamado hijo de Dios. The Bible says this, he came to his own and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become the sons of God. Dice la escritura que él vino a los suyos y los suyos no le recibieron, pero todos a los que le recibieron les dio el derecho de ser llamados hijos de Dios. So how many of you have received him? ¿Cuántos lo han recibido? How many of you have said yes to Jesus? Not yes means maybe, but yes, yes. You said yes to Jesus. Say amen if you said yes to Jesus. And guess what? You are a son of God. Si usted le ha dicho que sí a Dios, usted es hijo de Dios. Listen, he came to his own, the Jewish people. There are Jews who are not sons of God. Because they haven't said yes to him. And yet there are Gentiles who don't belong in the family, but have said yes to Christ, and they are a children of God. Now I want to remind you that the Bible never refers to any of the ladies in here as daughters. You know, God has no daughters. He only has sons. You say, Pastor, that's not fair. Here's what, here's what the Bible means by that. That God... Uh, in the Bible, women were not allowed to have an inheritance. En la Biblia, las mujeres no, de, no podían recibir herencia. Inheritances were only passed down to the sons. Las herencias solo se les pasaban a los hijos. That's why when you have 12 tribes of Jacob, Jacob had daughters, but none of the daughters have a tribe. Hay 12 tribus de Jacob, 
Jacob tuvo hijas, pero no hay ni una hija que recibió un tribu. All of the families of Israel, all of the inheritances of Israel were given to sons. Now what does that mean for you ladies tonight? Well, let me just put it to you like this. Jesus, or the gospel tells us that God today under Christ does not recognize a difference between men or women. He recognizes every one of his children as a son. In the old covenant, a woman was a second class heir. She couldn't receive an inheritance. But in the new covenant, you have been raised to the level of an heir with God. And all of the ladies said amen because now you have the privileges of sonship. Say, I'm a son of God. Everybody, if you're a child of God, should say that. Say, I am a son of God. Diga usted, yo soy hijo de Dios. What a privilege to be able to say, I am a child of God. Poder decir, yo soy hijo de Dios es el privilegio más grande en la vida. You know, I love being a servant of God, but there is a nearer place, a deeper place, a more intimate place. That's sonship. Es más íntimo ser hijo que ser siervo de Dios. Now this man has two sons, and he goes to the first son, and he says, go work. Now I want to just pause for a moment and focus on this little word, go work. Tell your neighbor, go work. Mm. It's a bad word, right? Work is a bad word. I can't believe you used it in church. Aquí le dice a sus hijos, ve a trabajar. La, la palabra trabajo no es una mala palabra. But he lets us know that God's children have work to do. Nos da a entender que los hijos de Dios tienen trabajo que hacer. I have come tonight with a very simple message for you. 2018 has work for you to do. El año 2018 tiene trabajo para que tú hagas. And if you are like me, you're excited about that because I love living a life of purpose. Yo amo vivir una vida de propósito. Y cuando Dios me dice, Isaac, yo tengo trabajo para ti. Eso me alegra porque me da a entender que hay propósito en mi vida. When God says to me, Isaac, I have work for you to do. That excites me because I know God has a purpose for my life. Can I tell you, Kingsway Church, that we have work to do? Le puedo decir esta noche, iglesia, que tenemos trabajo que hacer. Come on, somebody. Say amen. There's work for us to do. This year, we saw God stretch our church to be able to do greater things than we had done in the previous year. We have seen people being uh, converted and coming to Christ every single month, people being baptized in water. We have been seeing people come to our church to receive food on a monthly basis. We have been feeding the families of Beville. Thank God for that, somebody. We have been preaching the gospel on the internet through Facebook and SoundCloud and YouTube and making a dent in the devil's uh, uh, strong tower and saying we are here and we are here to stay. Come on, somebody. We have made an announcement to Beville 
them to the world, hey, there is a church on the block. It's named Kingsway, and we mean business with God. Say amen, house of God. But guess what? There is work yet to be done. Can God count on you for the work? Hay trabajo que hacer. ¿Podrá Dios contar contigo con este trabajo? Now here's what I want you to see. When you hear the word work, I want you to hear the word opportunity. Say opportunity. Have you ever heard the phrase opportunity comes knocking? Cuando usted oiga la palabra trabajo, piense oportunidad. Now, if you have an immature perspective, you hear work, you hear drudgery, a chore, a burden. But if you have a mature perspective as a son, you ought to know that if my father has work for me to do, there's an opportunity in this. Come on, because God doesn't have, God doesn't have busy work. Don't you hate busy work? When you were in school, sometimes your teacher would give you busy work. She'd give you a coloring sheet. And if you finished that one, she'd give you another one. And if you finished that one, she'd give you another one. you say, what is this about? I don't just want to color. I want to build something. I want to do something. Don't just let me sit here and do busy work. I'm here tonight to tell you that God doesn't give busy work. God gives purpose work. Dios no da trabajo solamente para ocuparte, sino te revela tu propósito a través del trabajo que Él te ha dado. And so it is very important that you and I find our place to work for God. Es importante que cada uno de nosotros encuentre el lugar donde vamos a trabajar por Dios. That means you try something, you go and you, you volunteer in one part of the church, and if, uh, if it doesn't work out there, you go volunteer in another part of the church. And if it doesn't work out there, you go volunteer in another part till you find your work. Say amen, somebody. Usted tiene que darse de voluntario en un lugar, ahí en la iglesia, y si no le funciona, va a otro. Y si no funciona, va a otro hasta que encuentre su trabajo. Hasta que encuentre lo que usted hace que nadie más puede hacer. Until you find that thing that you do that nobody else can do like you. And you start unfolding your purpose before God. How many of you want to work? What did I tell you? Work means what? That I was weak. Work means what? ¿Qué significa el, el trabajo? Oportunidad. Opportunity. Now, I want to just break this down for us tonight because 2018 is going to be a year of unprecedented opportunity. El año 2018 va a ser un año de increíble oportunidad. Now, throughout this message, I'm going to be having you say some things, all right? Because I want you to say it so you can get it in you. So say this with me. 2018 is my year of opportunity. You believe that? You need to write it down somewhere. 2018 is my year 
of opportunity. And now, I told you a few weeks ago that the harvest requires work. Le dije, le dije hace semanas que una cosecha requiere trabajo. And work means opportunity. El trabajo significa la oportunidad. Now, why do I, why do I say this? Because in the, in the Hebrew, every number um, has a letter that corresponds to it. En el Hebreo, cada número... Uh, tiene una letra en el abecedario que corresponde. And I don't have a lot of time to go into it. But the Jewish year is the year 5,778. Okay? In the Roman calendar, we have it as the year 2018. But what I want to focus on is the number that's in both of those numbers, the number 8. All right? This year is a year of unprecedented opportunity. Now, the Jewish people always know that when you have a number, there is a prophetic significance in that number. Cuando tenemos un número, hay una, una significado profético en ese número, and the letter uh, that represents the letter H is the, late, the letter Het. If you would put that up there for me so everybody can see it. Everybody say Het. Now this letter is the eighth letter of the Hebrew alphabet. Esta es la octava letra uh, de el abecedario hebreo. And it's the letter that represents the number eight. Aquí vemos la letra que representa el número ocho. Now eight represents a number of things in the Bible. First of all, eight is the number of a new beginning. Número uno, el ocho es un número de un nuevo comienzo. I really hope tonight that you're writing this down, all right? Because it is, it is going to be your inheritance. Esta es tu herencia, así que escríbalo. Eight represents a new beginning. Ocho representa un nuevo comienzo. Now, every new year is a new beginning. Cada año nuevo es un Un comienzo nuevo. And this new beginning is an opportunity. Este comienzo nuevo es una oportunidad. How many of you could use a fresh start? ¿Cuántos pudieron usar un comienzo nuevo? I've got, I've got something for you tonight. It's exciting for you to think about. Maybe last year, part of the year, you lived... Half of it for the world, and then you got to know Jesus, and you live in the other part for Jesus. But how about 2018, you start and finish all serving Jesus? Amen, somebody. That's an exciting thing, isn't it? Wouldn't that tr dramatically break the pattern of your life to go and start this new year with a new beginning, a fresh start? God has a new beginning for your life. You know that that when God restarted the earth in the days of Noah, he started with eight people. Cuando Dios comenzó de nuevo, a después del de diluvio, a, replan, a, 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 a llenar el, el mundo, comenzó con ocho personas. And so the number eight is a number that represents the beginning of something new. Es un número que representa el comienzo de algo nuevo. Look, look at what the Bible says. Isaiah chapter 43, verse 18. It says, Do not call to mind the former things, or ponder the things of the past. Behold, I will do something new. Something what? Do you like new things? 
He says, stop thinking about the past. Behold, I will do something new and it will speedily spring forth. Will you notice it? There's a question there. God asks you tonight, will you notice that it's a new season? Because really what the question is, will you forget about all your new revelations and new resolutions by February 1st? Or will you put into practice an entirely new code of life? Listen, don't waste a new beginning by going back to old patterns. No malgastes un comienzo nuevo porque te regresaste a un patrón antiguo. Another thing that the number eight represents is circumcision. Otra cosa que el número ocho representa es la circuncisación. And this is the removal of impurity and it is the, it is the representation of a new life. La circuncisación es, es el cortar de la impureza y el comienzo de una vida nueva. Every Jewish baby was circumcised on the eighth day. Cada niño judío es circuncidado el día octavo después de el nacimiento. What does this new, um, what does this circumcision represent for us? It represents a new mind. Esta, cir esta circuncisión en nuestro espíritu representa una mente nueva. Now here's the problem. Most people tonight, I'd say the majority of people, are going to start a new year with an old mind. Muchos van a comenzar un año nuevo esta noche con una mente antigua. So what good is that? What's the good of starting a new year and thinking like you did last year? ¿Qué es el uso de comenzar un año nuevo y pensar como pensaste el año pasado? This is an opportunity. Aquí está una oportunidad. Our prayer tonight needs to be, Lord, give me a new mind. Give me a new perspective. Give me a new strategy. Don't let my mind sabotage the opportunity that you're bringing into my life. Señor, debe ser nuestra uh, oración. Dame una mente nueva. No dejes que mi mentalidad vieja mate o aborte la oportunidad que tú quieres traer Say amen, somebody. How many of you want a new mind? That needs to be our prayer tonight. Esta debe ser nuestra oración. The, the number eight also represents an open door. El número ocho uh, también representa una puerta abierta. Look at the letter het. You see it here. It looks like a doorway, doesn't it? And the Jews see this letter as an open door. El número ocho, así usted lo ve, la letra G en el hebreo es como una puerta. Y les recuerda a los hebreos cuando ellos mancharon la puerta con sangre. It reminds the Hebrews of when they stained the blood over the, uh, the Passover. Um, uh, they stained the door with the Passover blood. And so it represents an open door. Can I tell you that 2018, prophetically, is an open door. This coming year is a year of open doors. Este año nuevo que viene es un año de puertas abiertas. Now, I said that twice and nobody said amen. 
So if you're not going to believe me tonight, then we don't need to spend any more time here. I'll let you go eat your menudo. I'm going to say it again. I'm going to give you another chance. This year will be a year of open doors. Why'd you say amen? Because you need some open doors. How many of you need some open doors? Well, if you need some open doors, God said, this is the year for it. I'm going to open doors on your behalf. Dios, Dios dice, yo voy a abrir puertas a tu favor. Voy a abrir puertas para que tú entres. Look at what the Bible says in the book of Revelation, chapter 3. God says to the missionary church, the church in Philadelphia, he says, behold, I have set before you an open door which no man can shut. Because Jesus, the Bible says, when he opens a door, no man can shut it. And when he shuts a door, no man can open it. So God has put before you a new year. And this new year represents an open door. That means that there are some things that God is going to give you access to this year that's coming that you didn't have last year. Say amen, somebody. Dios nos va a dar acceso a cosas que no teníamos el año pasado. How many of you could use some access? ¿Cuántos quieren acceso? That's an opportunity, isn't it? An open door is an opportunity. Una puerta abierta es una oportunidad. Now here's a fact. When God shuts a door, no man can open it. And there are some doors that God has shut tonight. I'll give you an example. He shut the door to your past. Say amen, somebody. He shut the door to your past. Dios ha cerrado la puerta a tu pasado. The devil can show up and try to open that door. God says, uh-uh, that door is shut. That door is sealed. It's under the blood. Come on, somebody. That door has been shut. The door to your past. And you know, he's opened the door to your purpose. El abierto también la puerta a tu propósito. And here is the thing, that that door the devil can't shut. Esa puerta el diablo no la puede cerrar. The devil's going to show up from time to time this year and tell you this is it. I'm taking you out. I'm taking you down. But let me just tell you, here's the answer. God has opened a door which no man can shut. Dios ha abierto una puerta que nadie la puede cerrar. So the devil can give it his best shot, but he can't close the door. Here's the best thing the devil can do, and what he will be very successful at for a lot of people, is if he can't shut the door, he'll keep you from walking into it. Si el diablo no te puede cerrar la puerta, lo que va a hacer es no permitir que entres por ella. I tell you, that, that project... That's too big for you. That job, that's too big for you. That company you want to start, that's too big for you. Stay out here where it's safe. Don't walk through that door. You don't know what's on the other side of that door. You don't know what's on the other side of the opportunity. Anybody ever heard that voice? 
a voice of fear that intimidates us, and it has kept many Christians from achieving their purpose, from entering into the purpose of God for their life. Here's what I want you to know. When the enemy tells you not to walk through a door, when he stands up and he tries to intimidate you from going in, it's because he is intimidated by the fact that if you go through that door, he's not going to be able to stop what God is going to unleash in your life. Come on, somebody. You're intimidating hell tonight because God has opened a door in front of you. Take the gates by faith. Take the gates by force. Toma la puerta con fe y con fuerza porque te, uh, te pertenecen a ti. Now, it also means this, that you and I have to reach. This letter represents the, the fact that we have to reach through this door. We have to go and walk in and reach for things that we have never been able to reach for before. What is a reach except going beyond your ability? También representa el alcance. Eh, para poder obtener las cosas que Dios tiene para nosotros, tenemos que uh, extender nuestro alcance. And reaching can be scary, can't it? If you're reaching for a college degree and no one in your family trees ever had a college degree, it's scary. Si usted está estirando su alcance para obtener un título de universidad y nadie en su familia ha obtenido eso, eso es, es terrible. If you want to be the owner of your home and you're reaching for that, but no one in your home, in your, uh, in your family has ever been able to do that, it's kind of scary. There are going to be some things this coming year that are outside of your reach, but God is telling you tonight, reach for them by faith. Dios está diciendo, estira tu alcance por la fe. Look at what the, there's a promise in the book of Leviticus, and this is God's promise. He says, that if we will reach for him in obedience, if we will say yes to him in obedience, he says, your grape harvest will reach your wheat harvest, and your wheat harvest will reach your grape harvest, and there will be a constant flow of provision for your life. Now, I need some, I need some help. Brother George, Brother Jake, I'm going to call the guys that are falling asleep on me. I'm just kidding. Brother Israel, Brother Rico, come on, come on, come on. Come on, Timothy, come up here. All right, stand up here, guys. I want you to stretch your arms out and touch the tips of your fingers. All right, just stretch them out, touch. All right, now here's how, here's how most of us live. All right, just spread out a little bit. Most of us, go further, guys, you see. You go back this way. Most of us live with a gap in the middle. We have our spring harvest, and then we wait on our fall harvest, and we're just praying that God will show up in the middle. But here's what God says. When you reach for me, I will make it so that one harvest touches the next, and touches the next, and touches the next, and touches the next, and touches the next, so that every time you're reaching for me, you're going to see that I'm making you reach, and that I'm blessing you from one season to the next. Come on, somebody. Has God blessed you like this from one season to the other? Guess what? This is the pattern God wants for your life. Este es el patrón que Dios quiere para tu vida. Que una bendición te dure hasta que la próxima llegue. One harvest, reaching the next, reaching the next, 
Reaching the next. Thank you, guys. Does this sound like an opportunity to you? Will you walk through the door? Will you reach for it? Now, the master, the father, he says to his first son, go work. He gives him an opportunity. What does he say? He says, yes, sir. No, pardon me, I'm getting ahead of myself. He said, no, sir. I will not go. Ever had a kid like that? El padre elige al hijo, ve a trabajar en la viña. Now notice, whose vineyard is it? Whose vineyard is it? His father's vineyard. Listen, if it's the father's vineyard, it's the son's vineyard too. So all he wants him to do is go work on his own inheritance. Si es la viña del padre, es también la viña del hijo. Y él lo que está pidiendo es que su hijo vaya a trabajar en su propia herencia. Y él le dice, ve a trabajar. Y el hijo dice, no. Now when he said no, he closed the door to all the blessings that can come from saying yes to God. Now the Bible said that while he was going through his day, he had a conscience. And he started to think, this is my dad. And I ought to go work. It's his vineyard. It's my vineyard too. And he goes and works. So although his mouth said no, his heart said yes. And there's going to be opportunities when God brings them to you. You're going to say, mm-mm. But your heart will know. I better say yes to this. This is God's door for my life. God wants me to reach a little bit. Now, the second son, he says, son, go work in the vineyard. And his son said, yes, of course. Dad, you're my dad, of course. I want to go work in the vineyard. But then he never showed up. His mouth, his, his, his voice said, yes, yes, yes. But his heart said, no. And at the end of the day, friend, what, what matters, the yes that matters, is when you do the will of God. Al fin del día, lo que, eh, lo que es importante es que usted haga la, la voluntad de Dios. Let me just tell you tonight. If you said no to God in 2017, if you shut some doors that God was opening, or you refused to walk through some doors in 2017 that God is telling you tonight, they're yours. He wants your heart to turn to him and say, yes, Lord, I'll do this. It's just that simple. He wants our heart to say yes 
to him, to be fully and permanently committed to him. Now here is what the Bible says, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20. Everybody go there for a moment. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20. Segunda de Corintios, capítulo 1, y el verso 20. Because here we have another verse that talks about the power of yes. Now I already told you there's an opportunity in front of us that's being presented. It is an opportunity to walk by faith and to say yes to God. And here's what the Bible says to encourage us tonight. It says, for as many as are the promises of God. How many promises does God have? Many. As many as are the promises of God, I don't know how many promises there are exactly, but let's just choose a round number for the sake of uh, our discussion tonight. If there are 8,000 promises from God, guess what? Every one of those promises has a yes from God. I don't think you heard me tonight. I said if there are 8,000 promises, there are 8,000 yeses. So that you and I cannot come to God ever and expect that he's going to say no to one of his promises. If we say, Lord, you promised to heal me, his, prom his answer is yes. Lord, you promised to provide for me, his answer is yes. Lord, you promised to use me, his answer is yes. Lord, you promised to deliver me, his answer is yes. Come on, somebody. You've got to know that God's answer for every one of his promises is Yes, and God keeps his word. Dios guarda su palabra. But the verse doesn't end there. It says, as many as are the promises of God, in him they are yes. Listen now. Therefore also through him is our amen. Whose is the amen? Yes, you know what that means? It means that when God gives you a promise, his answer is yes. You have to say amen. Oh, now I get it. Now I know why Pastor Isaac is always saying, come on somebody. Because you cannot have what God said yes to unless you affirm it and say, yes, Lord, amen. That promise that pastor is talking about, that belongs to me. That's why it scares me when I go through a whole year of preaching. Promise, 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 promise. And you guys are just sitting there listening. Because... It tells me you haven't got it yet. What, what lets me know that you received what I said was when you say, Amen. I, I don't care if you clap. <laughs> clap all you want, but the Bible doesn't say yes and clap. It says yes and amen. That means there is a reciprocal conversation going on from God. God says, I'm going to heal you. You say, amen. God says, I'm going to provide for you. You say, amen. God says, I'm going to deliver you. You say, amen. I agree with your word. I agree with you, God. And when you say yes to him, when you say amen to him, you have unlocked that opportunity to receive what God has promised.
Let the church say, Amen. So when God says yes to you, you've got to say yes to him. That's what amen means. It means yes, so be it. Whatever God is saying, so be it in my life. So be it for my family. So be it for my marriage. So be it for my health. Come on, somebody. God has made many promises to you. Let your yes be yes. Don't be double-minded about it. Don't believe God at the altar and then unbelieve him in the car. you got to stick to your amen. you got to know that what God has promised, God will do in your life. Can you stand with me, please? I want to just make a, a couple brief statements. I'm going to unpack these some more throughout this series. But I want to just make these statements. Opportunities come to everyone. Some of you have an idea that opportunities only come to special, committed, hardcore, over-the-top people. Opportunities come to everyone. They come to the rich, they come to the poor. So no one tonight should count themselves out. Stop counting yourself out. Listen to your pastor tonight. Stop counting yourself out. Tell your neighbor, don't count yourself out. Now, I have to tell you that because we do that, don't we? Oh, that promise is for somebody else. That promise is for somebody else's marriage. That promise is for somebody else's kids. That promise is for somebody else's health. That promise is for somebody else's life. No, if it's God's promise to you, his yes is on it. What he's waiting for is an amen. Opportunities come to everyone. And opportunities demand, listen, opportunities demand a decision. You have to make a decision to say yes when God opens the door. And let the consequences to him. So tonight, we're on the very end, on the very end of a year. And on the very cusp of a new beginning. And God is asking you, will you say yes to the opportunity that I'm putting before you? If you say yes to him, won't you come into this altar? Come like you mean it. Come with haste. Because the door is open. And there's a yes from God. All he's waiting for is your amen. Now, if you're coming to this altar, I want you just to raise your hands. And I want you to start confessing and saying, Lord, I receive your yes. And I say amen. What you have promised, I want it. 
You promised me a new beginning. I want it. I say amen to that. You promised me a new mind. A new way of thinking. I've got to have it. I say amen to that. Lord, you, you have promised me resurrection. I receive that tonight. You promised me an open door. I say amen to the open door. Come on, just open your mouth and make a, a decision to, with God. Just say like that, son. Yes. Yes, Father. I'm going to work for you. I'm going to do your bidding. I'm going to do your will. I'm going to do what you have commissioned and commanded of me. I'm going to accomplish the task and the work that's before me. Yes, Lord. Yes to your will. Yes to your way. Come on, say amen from your heart. Say amen from your spirit.